Hello? Hey, are you free? I really need to talk right now. I'm 20 minutes away. I'll be there in five. Welcome to Always Anxious. I'm Allie. And I'm Annie. Annie's already telling me to talk into my mic so we can see how the podcast is already starting off on a good note. This is episode one, and I am already the bossiest <laughs> person in the room. <laughs> so, to give a little backstory, pretty much a, a week, maybe less than a week ago, I was sitting in bed and I thought, wow, Annie and I are hilarious. We should have a podcast. So, naturally, I texted her and I said, why don't we have a podcast? And Annie was like, I have no idea we should have a podcast. And now here we are. We have a full-blown podcast. You texted me and you were like, we should probably have a podcast. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, we should. And then we started brainstorming, like, well, if we had a podcast, like, what would our podcast be about? Like, what, like, what, what is the essence of, like, what we do most of the time? And we realized that, like... Most of what we do is Atley calling me and then like taking an emotional dump on me. <laughs> and then, it's true. It's and, then true. and then feeling so much better after. And we realized like nothing makes you feel better more than just like a bitch sash with your friends. And that's what we want to do. We just wanna have a podcast where we talk to friends and, and like-minded fellas and, and ladies. And just get it all out there. Just emotionally dump on each other. <laughs> just just let it all out. Talk about what, what you've got going on, what you're feeling, what's what's the hip haps in your hood. I don't know what that means. That wasn't English. I hate it. I, reg- I regretted it the second it came out of my mouth. Like, I, the second it came out, I was like, this uh, is a mistake. Uh, Allie, note to self, edit that part out. Allie, take it out. Allie, Allie, <laughs> take it out. Um... So yeah, here we are. We were in the car and we just went to in and out and ate it. Got back here. Um, Allie's boyfriend, Tyler, set up our equipment. I videotaped the whole thing because... Uh, we're technologically challenged, but somehow have the most legit podcast setup minus the books we are using as tripods. To be fair, they're really cool books. They you're are. on like You're on like the Andy Warhol Polaroids book and I'm on like a Helmut Newton and like... Like a sex and film, like film noir, like vintage. Yeah, don't open that up because I actually bought that and wrote a very uh, inappropriate note inside of it. Let's talk about that for a second. (laughs) Let's talk about, let's talk about that. Your Instagram has gotten, for those who don't know, um, Allie has a pretty cool Instagram that I am very jealous of. It's like very curated and pretty and mine is like emotional terrorism like on on a page and like like really sad like tumblr quotes and like Allie's is like her looking very pretty and I'm always like cool I mean like I have a mustache in mine but that's fine like it's fine it's so funny because I think that's really what Instagram is all about is seeing these like feeds of people and you always end up feeling less than because I look at your feed I'm like God, I look like such a loser because all of my shit is like so happy. I need to be way more like angsty and like cool. Well, I will say your Instagram has gotten like much sexier as of late. Like, well, should we know. should we talk about like why that is? Like, are you are you just feeling like really comfortable in your body right now? Um, I mean, cheesy, but yeah, like I I am. I think. It is interesting because uh, ever since Tyler started shooting me... For those who don't know, her boyfriend is a very wonderful 
the Andy Warhol of our generation. Like, let's just put it out there. Seth Bees just put out an article. Andy Warhol of the generation. We're so not, he, he did me, not call himself the Andy Warhol of his generation. Sotheby's called him the Andy Warhol, but it's okay. Like, so we can, we can say it's me? okay. With the haircut, I would say Edie. Exactly. I mean, there are worse things. There are like, worse there are things worse, to I mean, in the world. She didn't go the best way, but like, you know, but <laughs> Let's you not look, talk about you that. look amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I just got my hair dyed today just for the podcast and then realized you can't see us. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm glad because like I saw you getting your hair done and I was like, what the fuck? Like, I was like, I'm in, I'm in like culottes and a cashmere sweater. My hair is like on top of my head, like a samurai and Allie's getting her fucking hair done. I was like, God. Oh, like, oh, I thought this was an on-camera opportunity, but it wasn't. She's so. changed. She's since changed into sweats. I'm feeling much more comfortable yeah. um, as we are now. But let's get back to it. So you, you've you definitely been, you know, your Instagram was much, um, I would say, much more uh, wholesome before and much more like, not in a, not in a bad way. Like, right. just it was like the content was much more... Um, like, it seemed almost, like, much younger, and as of late, you know, especially right. since you and Tyler have gotten together, like, it's, you've definitely become, like, a much sexier persona on Instagram. Right. Well, I think part of it is, like, beforehand, social media was pretty much all I did. I mean, I started creating YouTube videos when I was, like, 15, and those really took off, and I was working with, like, crazy huge brands all of the time, so there was definitely this, like large expectation of like this is how you conduct yourself this is what you post this is what you do and at the time I mean I was with CAA which if you guys don't know it's like arguably one of the biggest agencies in the world oh I would say it's the biggest agency in the world and so there was like a lot of pressure on me to post stuff that was very like brand friendly because it was all about bringing in money like you know, that's really what it it's came down to. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't, you know, my my channel and my social outlets were, like, not for fun. They were for making, like, serious money. Um, and then I think I took, like, a year, maybe almost two years off of doing YouTube because I was told, like, if you want to be taken seriously as an actress, you can't be doing this stuff anymore. So I, I listened and I stopped doing it. And then as of recently, I've gotten a lot more into social media again because I'm just over the idea of, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that. If you're going to do this, you won't be taken seriously here. I just don't think there's really any rules anymore, which is a big reason why I wanted to do this podcast with you is like, I just want to do whatever I want to do. And I don't want to be, you know, curating and and doing everything based off of what other people tell me to do. And so I think that's why my Instagram has changed so much because I'm really like, you know, I'm not pretending that I'm 15 anymore. Like I'm fully realizing that I'm becoming a full grown woman. And if I want to post a, you know, tasteful artistic nude of myself with a (laughs) Catwoman uh, mask on, then, you know, I can get away with doing that. But I also think it's like, you know, it's all about like your intention with it. Like none of my stuff is, you know, to be overtly sexy. It's just, you know, for me, it's more art and I am definitely a lot more comfortable with my body now because of that. I mean, when I first shot with Tyler, um, I mean, way before we were ever dating, 
I was scared to even unbutton my top one button lower because I was such a prude and so that's wild conscious of my body and now Tyler has me running around Los Angeles like completely naked and I have not like, a care in the world. Awesome. <laughs> like like straight up buck ass naked. Yeah, like Yeah, I mean literally the the greater Los Angeles area has all seen me naked at this point. So I mean to be fair, I mean I will I will vouch for that when I was so to give a little background, Tyler introduced so Allie and I met through Tyler. Tyler and I met many years ago, um, through a mutual friend and, uh, through like through her, uh, he and I became friends and he also introduced me to my now husband, Jordan. And I was 20 and very young and like very willful, whatever. And I will say like, there's something about his energy that makes you very comfortable. And like, I once got like fucking naked downtown, like in the middle of a tunnel, like just because I was like he was like no you got to do it and I was like you know what you're right and like he was right like the photos are great like it, it is the weirdest and thing. I will never look <laughs> twenty two again so you may as well have the photo that's how I feel about it too is I'm like one day you know not that I want to be showing my kids naked photos of myself but it's like no I want to look at naked <laughs> photos of me like what do you mean <laughs> right exactly. like I think of that sex in the city episode where Samantha like goes and gets like the nudes taken because she's like this is as good as it's gonna get and like I don't I want to be able to look back and say like damn like I looked good like and I'm so glad I did because like damn I looked good so speaking of being sexy and feeling sensual earlier while I was shoveling uh, fries and in and out into my mouth Annie was like you want to hear a crazy sex story and I was like yes I do but don't tell me now because I'm pretty sure everyone listening to the podcast is going to want to hear it too so you're welcome guys I Annie, can't, please I can't. tell us <laughs> So this didn't happen to me, but I was talking to a very close friend of mine who will remain unnamed about, so as somebody who's married, I, Jordan and I, my husband and I got together this, literally the summer that Tinder came out. So he and I completely like bypassed dating apps. Like we didn't, right. we didn't, we didn't have dating apps. Am I on Raya? Absolutely. Like, was I like, I need to know if I'll get on. Like, I need to know the hype. Like, validate me. Like, validate me. Like, yes, did I get on? Like, yes, of course. Like, humble brag, whatever. So I was talking to a friend of mine who <laughs> met a guy on Raya. And they went on a date. It was fine. They went for drinks. Fooled around a little bit. Didn't have sex. Okay. Mind you, this guy is like in his like late thirties, no, early thirties, mid thirties. We'll call it mid thirties with very long hair, like very like LA rocker, like typical. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, you already know long like hair, like rocker, like dirty, you know, like that vibe, like rocker guy. Like 30 seconds to Mars type of stuff. Not not thirty seconds to Mars vibe, <laughs> and date two rolls around, and he just like cuts like cuts to the brass tacks. He's like, "Do you want to like come over?" And she's like, "Sure." Like, okay. She gets there, and within she told me this on my way to your house, by the way, just now. <laughs> Ten minutes into being there, he just goes, "Well, I'm gonna take a bath now," 
what? And he just like takes off his clothes and like runs a bath and gets in the bath, but like doesn't invite her to like get in the bath with him. He's just like, I'm going to take a bath. Yeah. Gets in the bath. He's like in the bath soaking, like smoking a cigarette in the bath inside, by the way. And as somebody who smoked for 10 years, like heavily and like, do I miss cigarettes every day of my life? Yes. Like I do. It's not good. And they're very addicting. And like, (laughs) guess what? It worked. Like they're terrible. He's smoking a cigarette inside in the bath (laughs) and just peeks his head out and goes, you can come like sit on the bath, like on the, on the, on the the toilet (laughs) (laughs) if you want and like talk to me. And she's like, okay. So she comes in, sits on the toilet while he's taking a bath. They like, they're talking while he's in the bath and she's on the toilet, gets out of the bath and then says, do you want to brush my hair? No. Yeah. He has a wet brush. (laughs) Like a wet brush. Like, like, I know. Like this is someone, this is someone who takes his. His wet hair. brushes are great. Well, Shout out to wet brush. <laughs> wet brush, sponsor us. Please sponsor us. Um, so and, did she do it? Yeah. What? She did. And she said that when she first, I was like, I was like, well, at least there were no tangles because of wet brush. And she goes, no, like I put my, the brush in and she put the brush in and it like, like yeah, it like oh, his no. head, his head like jolted back. Is this like some weird form of like foreplay from him? Well, that's what I said. I was like, is this a fetish? And she was like, I don't think so. And then Did like. Did it lead anywhere? Did she yeah. have sex with him? Yes. She oh. said that he went down on her for like a while and it was great. Oh, well and that's, then, you know, at least she got And then she like returned it. the favor and they haven't spoken since. So I'm like, I was shook. I was like, can you imagine if a guy wanted you to brush, sit on a toilet while he took a bath and watch him take a bath and then brush his fucking hair? No, I can't imagine. Like I would, I would die. I would honestly die. Like actually. Yeah. That's weird. Like, super, super, super creepy. It's got to be a fetish, right? It has to be. You know, this actually, as you were saying this, I started thinking, I was like, God, like, there are so many horrible, like, dating stories that my friends have that are just insane. And I always thought I didn't have any, but it's because everything that I do, I think is normal until I say stuff to people and they're like... You can't do that. So I'm going to one-up you with something I did. It was not a sexual experience, but it was probably just as weird and, like, ten times more horrible from my side. Tell me. Um, And Tyler loves to tell this story to people, and I always try and shut it down because it makes me look like a horrible person. But if you've ever been on a weird date like the one you just described, you know, like, sometimes you just got to get out of it, and you got to make up elaborate stories as to why you need to get out of it. I've been on a series of dates with this guy and from the very first date, from before even going on the first date, I knew I didn't want to go on the date. But I have a hard time saying no to people. Wait, describe the guy. Like, what is the age demo we're looking at? Around my age demo, like, you know, mid-20s, I would say. And successful. Um, Very successful. At, At the time, I was probably like 21 and he was probably 25. Okay. So he asked me out on this date. I knew I didn't want to go. I, I, I knew I would say yes because I'm a pushover. So I went on the date and it was weird. It was very uncomfortable. Um, he was completely unable to carry out a conversation. So it was just me talking for an hour awkwardly trying to find 
like an end point where I could be like, well, so nice to meet you and leave. So you would think I would never see him from there ever again, but I saw him like five more times because he kept asking me out and I didn't know what to do. Did you sleep with him? No. This was the most crazy so part. So he kept asking you out? Yes. You, do you think it was because you weren't sleeping with him? I don't know what it was, but he wasn't making a move on me at all. He wouldn't, you know, ask to come back into my place. He never tried to kiss me. It was it was very odd, but it was very much, clearly a date. He was very You don't think he was gay? You know, I'll tell you who he is after this. You can let me know. We can do a poll. poll. But he was very persistent in pursuing me. And so then it got to a point where I was like, I just can't do this very sweet guy again, if he's listening and realizing this is about him. Um, Very sweet guy, but I just, I was like, okay, Allie, you need to stop being a pushover. You can't do this anymore. Yeah. So, you know, we're having a drink, whatever. And I just decide I cannot do this. You need to give an Oscar-worthy performance right now, Allie. Like, you have to leave. This is your time to shine. So, I look down at my phone. There's nothing on it. There's no text. There's no call. There's nothing. But I hope he has not seen the screen. And I go, oh, my God. I I totally forgot. I'm supposed to be at a charity dinner right now. (laughs) And he's like, what? I go, "I'm, I'm so sorry. My parents, you know... It's a charity dinner, and I have to be there, and, you know, I don't even know why I said my parents. They don't even live here, so (laughs) thank God he hadn't gotten that information yet. And so I go, I got to go. And he's like, okay. So I order an Uber. I go outside. He walks me to the Uber, and I literally scheduled the Uber to drop me off maybe half a block down the street (laughs) at a Starbucks. And then I ran inside, went into the bathroom because I was terrified, like, what does someone do after they've been ditched on a date? Like, maybe go to Starbucks. So I'm hiding in the bathroom, call my friend, tell her she needs to come pick me up. And then I went to dinner with my friend. And I never saw or heard from him again. But he did text me a couple days later saying, do you want to get your anus bleached with me? So, you know, it gave you a rough idea. And you're wondering if he's gay. Yeah, it's all coming full circle clear to me now, but this is like out of nowhere. We haven't spoken weeks. I disappeared and ghosted him for the charity dinner. And just the only text I get is, do you want to get your butthole bleached? And I was like, I can't even respond to this. I probably would have been like, Okay. Would you have believed in my charity dinner? No. <laughs> if you still, if you still hadn't slept with me, and it was five dates in, and then all of a sudden you just looked down at your phone and you've got a charity dinner, like anybody who's like knows knows like you have to like do glam and like get like get like you know get ready. That's like a two and a half hour process. Yeah. You're from Canada. True. You are from. Sorry. So, so a bit. A bit. Um, Degrassi. (laughs) Did you watch Radio Free Roscoe on the end? I don't even know what you're talking about. So it was a show. I feel very Radio Free Roscoe right now, and I really hope to our listeners. It was on the channel The End, which was like the Nickelodeon channel that played like Degrassi, like here. And they had a show called Radio Free Roscoe that was about a bunch of like teenagers in high school who like had a radio show. So I'm feeling pretty... Right for your Roscoe right now. I am the only one of my friends who's married, and that is really scary. Like, it's pretty... Yeah, what is that like? What changed once you got married? Anything? Like, did it feel different? Did it feel different? Yes. Yes, absolutely. 
I will say like there is a sense of freedom you have that you don't realize you have until you get married. You're saying that you gain freedom or lose it? Lose it. Oh, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm already thinking you feel so comfortable no. in your marriage that no. you know, you're finally free. <laughs> I will say like once you are married, actually no, once we got engaged, all of those like moments of doubt or moments of like worry in any capacity went away. Like all of the like bitching and griping I did about like any like, you know, girl or any like any like a like on a photo or like anything like that went out the window the second we got engaged the second we got engaged i was like fine i was like bitch i'm engaged like what most of my friends who have gotten married have said that that's like the one major difference is like you know when you're just in a relationship there's part of you where every time you have a massive blowout fight or whatever it is you're like this is the end and it's always not, but you know, in the back of your mind, you're like, e- either one of us could just walk away right now. But you're right. like, if you're married, you're kind of stuck. <laughs> I will say that there is, so Jordan and I like have, like, I will be the first to say, like, I am the biggest proponent of like therapy. I think that therapy as a human is really important. I think it's really important to at some point go explore the different sides of yourself and like things that may be causing things that you didn't even know were there or feelings that you didn't even know were there. Like, I think that it's really important personally. That's just totally, I mean, I couldn't afford it. So that's why I asked you to start this podcast with me. So <laughs> the point of the podcast is that Allie can't afford therapy. And, so is this therefore, is my form. And, this, and here we are. Um, but I will say like Jordan and I went to therapy, like when we were, you know, when we were dating, like we went to therapy and we, we, it, it really, it really encouraged us to work on things in a different light and like have a new perspective on things. And when you get married, the motivation to work through your shit when you fight is tenfold because guess what? You're stuck. Right. Like you're not like, (laughs) it is. But I actually think it's nice too because you can walk away from a situation and be like, well, we're married, so nothing's oh, happening There's here. something very, very simple. So everybody said to me, when you get married, like, you're going to get the post-wedding blues. And Ooh. I was like, okay. Like, I was fully prepared for it, like, the, the post, like, post-honeymoon, post-wedding blues. We got back from our honeymoon, and I didn't have the post-wedding blues. I had the currently married FOMO. And went out every single night for like three weeks, like with my friends. Like I was so deathly convinced that my friends were going to forget about me because none of my friends are married. Like Jordan's almost 10 years older than me. So all of his friends are like, have children. Right. Like they're, they're there. Like they're, they're done. And all of my friends are still like getting it at the club (laughs) and like, or in like serious relationships, but regardless, like not married. Like nobody is married. I've I've not one married friend. Wow. Which is hard. So yeah. I was like, I got I got back and everybody like I literally went out every single night and finally I was like, okay, I think I'm okay now. I was like, I think I Jordan was like, your like your friends are not gonna forget about you and I was like, no, but they are. But I feel like you need to do that one more time because what you may not know is Annie and I could not be more polar opposite. I have never even been to a club. 
Like I never went out. I never did any of that. And I, I hear about stories of Annie's past. Um, and I do mean a different Annie because she was a different person. <laughs> and I'm like, I kind of feel like I want to experience that. But I think that you will on and off. I think that there's like, like, listen, when I, like, I started going to clubs when I was like 14. Like I was like full braces in the club. Like I'm like, I'm, I'm every LA parents, like nightmare of a child, like spawn, like spawn, like see like LA nightmare spawn. Like everybody's like our kid, that won't be our kid. Our, that won't be our kid. I'm the kid that they're like, that won't be our well, kid. Well, you were doing that. I was in a CVS parking lot. Uh, listening to an audiobook, and that was that. And I would wait and hope that my friends would text me to come hang out because I would tell my parents I was going out because they were trying to encourage me to, like, go party with your friends, go do something. And I would literally listen to audiobooks in a CVS parking lot. I still listen to audiobooks. <laughs> and wait for my friends to be like, yo, there's a great party here. I never got this text. So. Oh, Allie. Wait, how old were you when you kissed a boy for the first time? I feel like you were like, I feel like it was late. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I still haven't. No. <laughs> so I actually have a funny first kiss story. So I, I can't remember exactly how old I was, but I was probably like 16. Okay. Maybe 17. Yeah. And so, I wish you could see my face right now. My face is why. Like, when was your first kiss? Oh, it was thirteen bar mitzvah season. Okay. what do you mean? <laughs> well, I didn't have one of those. So yeah, I was like sixteen or seventeen. Like every one of my friends had, you know, obviously kissed someone and probably slept with twenty people by then. Like legitimately, I grew up in a, a strange neighborhood. I grew up in Newport Beach, so it's like everyone by the time I had had my first kiss had like already been to. Rehab. Oh, I lived in I lived in Newport Beach. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> you understand. So this guy tried to kiss me um, at a homecoming once, and I literally like freaked out. Like I literally was like pulled myself back and was like, what are you doing? And he was like, uh, I don't know. Were you like on homecoming court? <laughs> no, 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 no. I will get into that later, but no. <laughs> There's a whole other story there, but no. Um, yeah, so he tried to kiss me and then me being the weirdo I am a week later texted him and was like, if we hadn't been in front of everyone, I totally would have kissed you. Stop. <laughs> Allie, no. I'm not even kidding. Oh my God. I'm cringing for myself right now. So I told him, I, like, if we hadn't been in front of people, I totally would have kissed you. And so he was like, oh, well, we should totally make that happen. And I'm like, Smooth. I'm sitting there being like, fuck, I didn't actually want to do it. Like, what do I do now? And so he's, the story of your life, truly. Yeah, and so he's like, okay, uh, why don't you come over to my house uh, after school, like sometime tomorrow night or something? And I was like, okay, because again, I can't say no to anyone. So I'm hanging out at my friend's house, and like all my girlfriends are like getting me ready. They're like, okay, so this is what you do. Had all of your friends kissed boys at this oh, point? Of course, of course. You were just like the weird We're pushing, entering fucking our college last years. Were you just holding up for like the right guy? Honestly, I remember having a moment where I thought to myself, am I a lesbian? And then I did the math and I was like, well, I'm not attracted to girls. So no, I'm not a lesbian. I'm like, so am I asexual? So I Googled, what does asexual mean? And then I went, Google's, Googles, what is asexual? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that could be it. 
Um, turns out just needed to, you know, meet the right person. But um, no, I genuinely just was never attracted to anyone. Like I just really wasn't. There was like maybe one person who I had a crush on who was like also like just totally my best friend. So I was probably just obsessively in love with him. But regardless, this kid's like, okay, meet me at your house. So my friends all get me ready. I, um, <laughs> I go to his house. I walk there cause it's like down the street yeah. from my friends and I knock on the door and his parents answer. And I'm like, Oh my God, Oh my God, what do I do? What do I do? So I'm like, hi, uh, I'm here to see Blake. They're like, oh yeah, Blake told us you were coming. Come on in. So he's not in the living room, but his entire family, including his older sister, who I knew and was like totally scared of at our high school. And uh, so I sit with the family until he comes out of his room like Appears. 20 minutes later. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay. And he's like, okay, uh, come with me. And we go into his room and he shuts the door. And he's like, we're going to watch Finding Nemo. And I'm like, what? Nothing gets you in the mood quite like, like, watching Finding quite like Pixar. So we're watching Finding Nemo, and <laughs> we're watching Finding Nemo, and he just, go, he, he just goes, goes for it, right? Full tongue? Did he go tongue first? Oh, this is like a hand down the pants, a tongue fully down the had throat Blake, going had into Blake the stomach. Had Blake done sex before? I don't know. I don't, I didn't even know him. So, I mean, I knew him, but I didn't know him. So, you know, I'm not even asking slash. I was so uncomfortable about discussing anything of that nature that like, I, there's no way I would ever even ask him like anything. And you know, I'm in the mindset of like, Oh, everyone's like me. So this is, you know, he's probably never kissed anyone either. So <laughs> yeah, it does not even occur to you that like, you're a fucking weirdo. Oh, total weirdo. Um, so his friends come running in. Like, I gotta get out of here. I, I, I cannot be seen here. Uh, so I literally sprint out of the room, like with my pants unbuttoned. Bear in mind here, nothing has happened other than he has kissed me. I go running out of the house. I go running down the street to my friend's house. And I come back and I, they're like, how was it? And I was like, it was awesome. It was amazing. <laughs> it was so great. And um, wait, later, so were you were you full blown late bloomer? Like, did you like not have sex till late? Oh yeah, totally. Like I am, I'm the biggest. It's so funny, but like now when people like look at my Instagram and like you know see the type mm -hmm. of photos that Tyler takes of me and you know all that kind of stuff, people like shook. People are shook who used to know me, but people also have this idea that I'm like a super sensual like person and people are constantly asking me for like sex advice and dating advice and all this. I'm like, I'm the least qualified yeah. <laughs> person to be giving you advice on any of this shit. Just responds out of office. Yeah, out of <laughs> office, guys. But it is interesting because, you know, a lot of people weirdly go to Tyler for sex and dating advice For and sure. you know they come over sit down and now I've found myself being pseudo like a lot more comfortable like discussing that type of stuff so we are the always anxious podcast we so are the always anxious podcast <laughs> so what's making you anxious right now um I think the uncertainty about the future is making me really anxious right now I think that you know being 
like full disclosure, like being out of my element, like doing this podcast with you is, you know, I was like so anxious all day about how this was going to go. Like, what were we going to talk about? Like, was this going to vibe? Like, this was your idea. Like, are you going to regret doing it with me? Like all of these things that, that make me feel so out of my element and nothing makes me feel more out of like more anxious than being out of my element. And, you know, we've talked about it. Like I said it earlier, you're such a brilliant, like content creator of all genres. Like I know it's like, I'm just like jerking you off this whole fucking podcast, but truly like you are so good at what you do and you've really owned this space and really made it your own. And, you know, with your YouTube channel and your Instagram and like all of these different projects and things that you do, like even, you know, like even like the spawn that you do, right? Like you make it so you and so authentic and you're so good at like just being a creative force and a creative like human in a way that like is very intimidating. And like, you know, Stop. you taught me, like you literally like Ali, like, you know, <laughs> you're going to laugh, but like, You've taught me how to do like all of these different things that you don't even realize because like when I've had questions about like how to do makeup a certain way or like how to curl my hair with hot curlers, which I did not know how to do (laughs) until I saw your YouTube channel. Like I literally, like I find you so inspiring and like the, like being out of my element with this podcast was like plaguing me all day, like up until the point where like I got here and then I got here and I was like, oh, it's just you and I, like, it's just us, like, being friends. Right. Yeah, it's funny, it's, like, I think the most comforting thing when it comes to being anxious about something is realizing that most people probably feel the exact same way you do, because everything you felt leading up to today, I felt too. I was like, God, like, what if I'm the weak link? Like, I tend to like get quiet in situations where I feel uncomfortable. Like I was thinking all the exact same things. And it's so funny because whether it be like going into a social situation where you don't know anyone or, you know, meeting new people, it's all very like nerve wracking and scary for everyone. Like whether someone's willing to admit it or not, like what you're saying, being out of your comfort zone and your element it's scary and it makes you anxious. And I think for me, that was a big one today. And then also like just the idea of like needing to have done everything now. I've been really anxious lately because like we were talking about earlier, you know, I used to be really focused on YouTube. I used to be really focused on a variety of different things. Sure. And I was told to be successful at what I really wanted to do. I needed to stop doing all of those things. And I, you know, have been very anxious lately thinking about how I feel like I've fallen so far behind because now that I'm, you know, trying to do the YouTube again and we're starting this podcast and I've gotten a lot more into social media over the course of the last year, I'm like, where would I have been and what would I have been doing right now if I had just stuck with everything that I enjoyed doing? but stop doing because someone told me, you know, if you do this, you know, you'll never be taken seriously as an actress or you'll never be able to do this. And so now I have this feeling of being like permanently so far behind everyone and feeling like I need to solve that problem now. And I'm guilty of that in every aspect of my life. I'm always like, I need to solve this problem today. And if it's not a hundred percent like fixed, then 
you know, I'm not sleeping and I can't breathe and I'm going to have a mental breakdown. That's so funny because that's something that I am working on that like is very, um, it's very funny you, you put it that way and you mention it that way because I know for me, I cannot sleep. Like I cannot, if there is something wrong, I cannot function as a human being until I know that I've done everything that I can do in that moment to fix it. I literally, like, my brain hurts. Like, I, you know, we've talked about it before. Like, the only way for me to get through, like, my anxiety and, like, my feelings of discomfort is to put one foot in front of the other and just put the blinders on and just, like, go and just, like, function and just do what's right in front of you and, like, get forward. And that tactic has gotten me through so much. But the thing that I need to work on is trying to solve every single problem that's like plaguing my mind because you're not going to, it's not, it's gonna not going to happen. You can't do it. And you know, we've talked about it. We've talked about it before. And I think that, you know, that's living in the moment and being present is something that I think we're both working on. I mean, you've got so many like irons in the fire right now. Is that the saying? Irons in the fire. Sure. I think <laughs> we'll say, yeah, but you've got so much going on that you're working on. And, and you know, I'm, trying to figure out like when I want to start a family. Like there are so many, like we're in different places in our lives, but we both have the same amount of like anxiety and like feelings of discomfort, like plaguing our minds because we both feel like we're in a competition with ourselves. You know, it's like, we're like trying to push ourselves to be the best we can be, but also like, that's not necessarily always the best thing. Right. It's like, it's like you're your own worst enemy. You're your own worst enemy. Absolutely. And, and it's so, it's so real. And, you know, we've said it before and I'll say it again, like this, like PS, PSA, we discussed it before, but like, definitely this podcast is not about people who are suffering from like very serious anxiety issues and anxiety disorders like that we're not trying to discount anyone's feeling generalized anxiety is a very real thing and a very very scary thing and a lot of people close friends of mine I know close friends of yours suffer from that but we do like I know for me I feel better when I can talk through my problems with friends and that helps me get out of that state of mind that's the only thing that gets me out of that state of mind right being able to share this universal experience that probably everybody else is also going through and have someone validate me and hear, hear, just hear me really and say, look, I get it. And even if they can't offer any advice, knowing that someone else has also shared that same experience and that same feeling and knowing that they've gotten through it makes me be like, okay, yeah, I can do that too. Like, I'm not crazy. Which is why we wanted to start this podcast. It's all about, like, sitting down with people that you find interesting, that you care about, and just talking about life because you leave with such a different perspective about things. Totally. And I really think it's the only way you grow. You know what I mean? It's the only way to to grow, right? Well, I think that's a really nice place to end our very first episode. I mean, how do you feel about it? I feel really good about it, and I hope you guys enjoyed it, too. Make sure you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and make sure to subscribe so that you tune in for all our future episodes. We have some crazy stuff planned, some awesome guests, some even better stories, and... 
we're really excited to start sharing all of them with you. We're really excited for this journey, guys. It's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys, or you'll hear from us, I guess, soon. <laughs> Bye.